Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast, our weekly show about how technology is changing the creative industries. Today on the program, how to be a responsible beauty brand in 2023. We are going to revisit a live talk from SIF, Copenhagen International Fashion Fairs, that we held earlier this year. On stage, we had three Nordic beauty brand founders, Jasmi Bonen from Nuri, Martin Linne from Woods Copenhagen and Mats Johansson from Lilla Bruket. In this live talk we cover a lot of a lot of topics including the importance of being a values driven beauty brand, the role for biotech going forward, how brands can use new innovations in their packaging and the question can you even claim to be a sustainable beauty brand today not according to at least one of the panelists my name is Conrad Olsson editor in chief and founder of Scandinavian Mind and i'm sitting here in the podcast studio of our headquarters at Helio co-working space in Stockholm with my dear colleague Johan Magnusson our senior editor and resident beauty expert Johan how are you yeah i'm very good and you Very excited and the reason I want to have you on before we go into this uh, talk from Copenhagen is of course to mention our upcoming insights newsletter Beauty Innovation. People that have listened to this last week's podcast will have heard us to go into depth of uh, the state of beauty innovation report that's previewed in our up, in our latest print issue. Uh, but I just wanted to plug this you know we are uh, soon going to launch our insights newsletter on beauty innovation where we'll cover you know intelligence world news and commentary from uh, the beauty industry uh, from the perspective of new technologies innovation and sustainability uh you one why is it so important for us to do this right now yeah it's an industry that's uh, growing faster than than ever mm. and it's driven by innovation but it's a constant flood of information and we believe that um there's room for someone to to curate what's relevant in this flood and uh, to pick out um, the major industry trends uh, the the best insights from uh, industry experts and uh, yeah the product launches to keep an eye on yeah we'll definitely play a role i mean we we really saw uh, a gap in the market in terms of of covering this from an innovation perspective uh and it has to be mentioned you know we cover this in our regular newsletter uh we meaning you you one uh you know we go to all the product launches we know the brands we learn about the new technologies and from what we found when we talk to an industry this is actually hugely valuable information to be uh distilled down in uh a kind of a very useful format of this newsletter. So I think there's a lot of excitement around it. I'm super happy to 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 be launching it. Um can you give some insights into what we will be covering? It will be um a lot about yeah, of course, innovation. We will have a Nordic perspective because in many different uh, areas of this industry, uh, the Nordics uh, are um yeah, leading the way. It can be uh, for end consumers uh, being um, early adopters that uh, global brands are, yeah, you may say trying new products mm. here before the rest of the world because they know that we're it's a very mature market and uh, end consumers uh, will immediately react on whether it's a good launch or not. Mm. 
So before we we could have been waiting for like a year or so before a product was launched, while now, yeah, in many, in in some cases uh, we see the the brands coming here first. Well, we certainly want to give actionable information, and if for anyone who's interested, go back to uh, our previous episode where we cover some of the macro trends that we are seeing right now. That's a kind of a taste for what's coming. Um, if you want to get early access to this newsletter, visit scandinaviamind.com slash beautyinnovation. And as uh, an upcoming subscriber, you will get this weekly insights newsletter. You will also get access to uh, seasonal reports and also live talks and other types of events that we will be hosting uh, around the Nordics. So don't miss out on that. Now let's go back to Copenhagen and our live talk with Jasmine Bonnen, Martin Line and Mats Johansson. Enjoy. <laughs> Always good to get some energy in these halls. Um, the topic of today's talk, big one, how to be a responsible beauty brand in this day and age. Um, Jasmine, I'm just going to throw it to you to begin with. Uh, what is your overall take on the beauty industry and sustainability? How would you describe it? Um, I'm going to really disappoint you now because I'm going to say that any beauty brand, if they go out there and say they're a responsible company, they're bullshitting because we are all here to sell product. And that, per definition, in my opinion, is not a sustainable thing to do for the world. Neither is, you know, fashion is a big industry one of the biggest polluters. But that being said, I don't want to be killing anyone's party here. I think we can all do a lot of work to improve how we work within our industries to do things better, more sustainable and more responsible. But I think it's really important that we cut out the greenwashing and we start to talk about facts, technologies and improvements because we're all on a journey and it's a process and we're all trying to do things better in our little bucket of the industry and hopefully that's and I know these three brands here are doing it much better than most other companies but I think it's important to be honest when we talk about this topic. You know I'll take that as an intro so, so thank you for that. <laughs> I want to give you guys an opportunity to describe what you do a little bit so so Jasmine maybe you can start with with Nuri. Uh, how long have you been around and, and what's what's your angle that you brought to the market? Um, so my background is business and also big beauty business. I used to work at L'Oreal and I was very happy to see L'Oreal earlier here represented as one of your amazing speakers. Um, my take was to do things a little differently, really to challenge the industry standard of mass production, overproduction and very long shelf lives. And I went out with the first uh, concept around freshly blended skincare formulas. And that's what we've been doing since 2015. So it's all about all natural formulas with very high efficacy and purity. And um, small niche brand still today, but we're still selling in around 30 countries. Wonderful. Uh, Martin, I want to give you a chance to talk about Woods. You have a very personal story to how mm. you started the brand. Maybe we can start yes. there. Describe why you got into this, because you have been in other parts of the industry, uh, lifestyle yes. industry before. Uh, I'm the founder of Le Management, which is uh, a modeling agency. Uh, 
globally now. So that's another part, and again, also from the, the fashion angle and the fashion business. And when we got the twins in 2014, I was led into this uh, by seeing a lot of hospitals and skin professors, uh, dermatologists uh, in, this, um, in this process of, of getting better. And this was actually how I was driven into uh, to the skin industry because so I Because your children had... Uh, because the, the eczema was very you know, heavily and uh, we saw more and more of our models doing all to the trips on flights, uh, way too much makeup, uh, no sleep time zones that they start to have a lot of reactions to the skin mm. and what I experienced was that what you was giving uh, if you go to the skin doctor if you go to your doctor in whatever it is um, mostly synthetics and it is um, it can be like uh, steroid creams or whatever to to handle the problem and in my opinion it's not this is not a, a quick fix mm. you need to look way deeper and you need to look into you know the 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 full awareness of how to treat your skin from your skin cells to the way that you are you know are handling in the process and in the in the line so i think what we were really really um, surprised about was the industry because everything has been taught by you know the routine and it's been uh, mostly from the big i used to of course work with all of these guys because it's also clients from you know but it is it has been mostly about marketing mm. and i think now we are looking into consumers that are looking into ingredients, uh, efficiency, uh, uh, and again, also the, uh, the, um, the CSR. And again, what is clean beauty to you? What is it to me? Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's getting a little like something put on as a stamp, but there are so many things into clean beauty. Mm. So, yeah. So talk about being a responsible parent. You actually started your own beauty brand to service your, <laughs> your kids. Yeah, it ended up being like a retail brand. There was not the, the, that was not the purpose. But mm. yeah, now, now we're here and I'm glad that we did actually because now I put all of my other businesses are being handled by my, my husband and all of our amazing uh, uh, co-workers. Mm. Uh, and I put all my energy into to, uh, Woods because there is so much to, to look into and uh, investigate. Right. So it's cool. Uh, Mats, I want to bring you into this. Yeah, uh, you represent thanks. Lila Bruket. I, I know do. a lot of brands in the industry look up to what you have done for the past uh, 15 years. Yeah. Um, in our conversations, you've talked a lot about the importance of having values and, and, and maybe more importantly, sticking to your values. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the origins of Lila Bruket and, and, and why this was so important for you? I think, I think we started out then 15 years ago, as you said. Uh, just based on values because we saw what the industry did, we saw the, uh, the solutions that they brought to the market, we felt that there is certainly an alternative to this. And uh, based on, you know, at the time, natural ingredients, what we could try to find, and we wanted to, to bring an alternative to the market based on traditions, as much as, but also brought to the market in a, what can I say, a contemporary way, an updated way. So we want to present this alternative and we based it on, on natural ingredients because we wanted, and here comes your, the, the core values. I mean, we wanted to bring something that was sustainable, natural, and also could be able to bring health as the key to beauty because that was mm. also important for us in the beginning because we felt that there was all these uh, technical solutions that were sort of doubtful if they worked and next season there would be another one presented. So we wanted to bring, bring um, at that time then a sustainable solution where could, that could evolve along with the competence that we could sort of learn and bring to the market over the years. I think, I think that's been uh, one of the core 
fundamental values that we are and, and to talk about this notion of sticking to your values because there are many opportunities along the line and yeah. you had a very successful brand people notice it I'm sure there are opportunities and commercial opportunities that that's thrown at you that maybe you have to to deal with yeah I think one of the points was not to listen to the industry too much <clears throat> and not to be seduced by the short-term trends mm. but to find something that we could sort of bring in as a core value because I think also when you tr when you when you develop a brand, you need to you need to relate to your audience. You need to understand your audience. You need to be one with your audience. So so having the strength to resist these commercial opportunities and focus on what then long term can bring value to your customer, to your brand, to the market, and potentially also show a direction for the industry because we all here because we represent niche brands mm -hmm. and niche brands are the, the sort of most fastest growing part of the range and we all know a couple of the leading sort of mm -hmm. values that we all could stand for yeah. and I think this is something that we've been working with now for 15 years bringing to the market and mm -hmm. yeah, I couldn't be happier than being here today sitting and sharing this this sofa with you guys and also because it's it's proved that it's relevant right mm -hmm. and as long as we're relevant to the consumer and mm -hmm. to our audience and to our supporters then we have a reason for being and we can continue to develop Jasmine, you're, you're nodding can you recognize yourself in I, this? i'm recognizing the fact that you're saying one thing is sticking to your core values that's about authenticity the other thing is resisting these very quick commercial opportunities that eventually end up deteriorating your brand. So I have a perfect example of this. Any, I'm sure many of you know this, if you have a nice, good looking brand, at some point you will be approached by the travel industry. They want your product on the airlines and they want your minis in the hotel rooms. But the only way to do that at a very low cost is if you compromise on the formula, you compromise on the ingredients. So next time you travel and if you look at some of the pretty brands in these pouches, it's not the same formula that they sell in the store. It's actually manufactured in China in a completely different format because that's the only way to make those prices work. And the same for mini sizes in hotels. So I'm so happy that by pushing back, a lot of brands have started pushing back on these minis, which are also terrible for the environment, by the way, a lot of uh, packaging, saying that we're sticking true to our formulas. If you want it, you get the full size and you get the same formula as we're doing in a main brand, same quality, and you have to pay the price. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But that's tough. It's tough to say no to those opportunities in the beginning when you're small and your cash flow is tight. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Martin, can you talk at all about your, your trajectory and, and uh, please bring it in a little bit towards what does it mean to be responsible? Because I know you think a lot about this and also building yeah. the, the company culture. I think responsibility is, is a lot of things because we have the advertising. So there's these young people looking for flawless skin. So being real about what you're, we all want nice POS to put out because we, it's this aesthetics and the vitality, but it's also about being real because real skin is real skin. Mm. It's also about using different ethnicities. Ethnicity. Yes, uh, and uh, body sizes and uh, ages. And it is also about looking into the, you know, what do you, where do you produce? Or what right. is your packaging? What do we borrow from the nature? What do we put back in the nature? Yes. Uh, you know, it, being organic for you can be something different uh, or sustainable again, because if you source organic, this can cost more for the environment in the minute you are doing it. 
But again, what do you, what is the, the what's he, what do you leave for your grandchildren? Because you don't put the, the toxins in the, the ground, you do not leave uh, materials you don't want uh, on the earth. Mm -hmm. So you say maybe it's faster and it's quicker to make uh, controversial, uh, you know, uh, ingredients. So again, what is it f for you? I love that. What we take from the nature and what we put back in the nature. How have you mostly, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and if, if it's possible to, instead of using sulfates, then use natural washing ingredients because when you put it back into the oceans and wh wherever it, it, it leads, hmm. it will be part of our nature again. So I think we have a big responsibility, especially in the beauty industry, because you see so many uh, production leads where petroleum, you know, uh, this is a byproduct of the gasoline industry. We are using this as a f filling material, which is, if it, if it was invented today, I think it will be blacklisted. And this is, you know, this is legalized in, in the cosmetic industry. So in that part, you can say, is, it's, is that supposed to be on the shelves? No. But again, what is clean beauty? Because a product that can have like 80% petroleum can still have all the certifications. So do you think yeah, of that as clean? Yeah, that's the green washing we yes. talked about. So mm -hmm. is that clean beauty and what is responsibility? And this is where it gets so hard because the consumer needs to be, have a doctor degree in, in you know, in <laughs> educational to understand the, the cosmetic industry now. Let's, let's, let's just dive into this thing of clean beauty. We've been talking about it all day. Mm. Everyone has their own take on it. Uh, uh, maybe Mats, you can talk about do you use this at all, this term, or, or you know? I think it's, it's significant for the industry. I mean, as, as soon as uh, an expression becomes relevant for the customer, all the marketeers, they throw themselves at that word, yeah. trying to, uh, you know, build profit from it, more or less. But what it really means is, of course, beautiful. But, but I think that clean beauty in general is diluted a little bit because so many uh, brands have misused it, if mm -hmm. you like. And I think that, of course, it's relevant. Of course, that's what we want to bring. And of course, we need to, to redefine that expression when it's, when it's diluted. So we need to find next level of, of, of both what it represents, but also what we bring to the market. Because I think every season that we work with our ranges and the, the, the offers that we bring to the market, we need to improve. That's being res responsible. We need to improve. We need to take another step forward. We need to bring new technology into understanding the circularity we can bring or, or not to misuse that. Mm. I think that's, we talked a lot about uh, biotech and, and yeah. I guess yeah. biotech is probably the next expression that's going to be diluted mm. at some point. But mm. what it means today, it's a new opportunity to really, and we, we really like ingredients that grow. So how can we use grown ingredients in a new way, which is circular, which is not diluting nature mm. from, from the, from the uh, sort of what they can bring, and, and that to me is truly sustainable, as long as it's relevant for our audience and our, our customers right. and our supporters. I think there, there lies the combination of things that we need to address, master, and show the way forward with. And also about being transparent, because it seems like transparent is a no-go in the business. Mm. So as long as you're transparent, you're the, you know, the customer, because this is a religion, so whatever you know, your priorities is, you should be able to look at a product and understand it and then make your selection. Well, we'll talk about that because I mean, I'm, any brand has the challenge of you need the branding, so you need something that's rememberable, mm -hmm. but you also have this challenge of telling the story and educating uh, um, uh, the audience about what this is. Uh, Jasmine, maybe you can talk a little bit about how you have tackled this with your brand uh, in terms of 
how much can you actually say to your audience? Uh, Correct. In, without becoming the teacher who's, you know, lecturing. Or you don't, flooding them with information. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and uh, attention spans are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. I'm sure you, when you started, people were still reading things, maybe a paragraph. When I, I started, were they were reading then. three sentences. <laughs> now they are looking at three keywords and swiping. Yeah. So it's so hard to do proper education when it comes to new novel ingredients. We use a lot of ingredients coming from biotechnology because of the way they're produced. They're not harming because you're not, you're actually doing them in culture, in a lab environment. You're not, har you know, wild harvesting. Talking about something like that, you also mentioned that earlier, you know, having an organic ingredient is not necessarily the best solution because when you're harvesting it, you're actually creating quite a bit of damage to the natural forest. Um, so if we can use biotechnology to actually start creating 100% natural ingredients in, uh, in culture solutions like, you know, hydroponic lettuce is made, there's the same way we can produce now ingredients, uh, algae ingredients that are amazing for skin. But telling that story in a captivating, quick, fun way on Instagram is really challenging. It is. It's really challenging. So I think our, our task is, first of all, having events like this, mm. which is amazing. But I think it's also to try to come out and make this fun. You know, we can hold, we do a lot of master classes at Nori. We're out and doing these really fun events. You can get a little glass of bubbles and then we can sit down and we can do a facial together. And then we kind of sneak in all this education mm -hmm. underneath the fun of it mm -hmm. all. And I think that's a fun way to engage the consumers and they want to learn more. And they there's wanna... more and more, you know, especially the Nordics, Laurel talked about it today. Yeah. The Nordic consumer is so yeah. advanced. They all have their apps. They can scan the inky list and they immediately see what's yeah. dangerous, what's not. They're a demanding customer group and we're glad for it. They keep pushing us. Hmm. I want to get back to this yeah. uh, about biotech and Mas, I know this is something you've kind of deep dived into or, or, or uh, yeah. bet on, put a bet on at least for, yeah. for the future. Uh, how, just a little bit how you define it and how do you use it uh, today? Yeah, I think there's, there's a common understanding at or in certain groups that there's a sort of um, what can I say, contradiction between the science and, and uh, nature uh, in a way. And I think we see then uh, the biotech dimension is uh, as a solution in how to make uh, the, the, the harvesting more circular, how to, to make sure that the natural ingredients that we actually bring from nature mm. is then um, uh, multiplied, the effect of it multiplies mm. through uh, the biotech process. And that's how we embrace this science dimension to it because we, mm. at as a core value, we also said that we should always use things that grow. That's mm. kind of core of it. But with biotech, it, it gives us an opportunity to really challenge the traditional industry mm -hmm. and traditional uh, sort of beauty solutions with what we can bring from nature combined with biotech. So we multiply the effect of it and suddenly we have a set of you know, really ambitious products mm. that could challenge what you, uh, what you normally could traditionally see from from yeah, any other sort of mm. industry brand. Mm -hmm. So and I think that, that's the, 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 the perspective we, we take on biotech. It's funny, Market. it's now in, the f in, in the, our industry that this has become a thing to do because the, um, the medical industry has used it for, for many years, this combination thing to, to maximize on the, you know, the ingredients. Uh, yeah, and it's the same if you, if you take like uh, living cells, you can take them from nature, but you can kind of harvest because you can keep on adding like if you have, you know, when you're doing your, your um, bread at home, you keep on adding every day and it will grow. So this is also about this making it a little more holistic in, in the way of producing because you can actually 
borrow something from the nature and then still let it let it grow and and keep on having harvest from that instead of doing new product synthetic or whatever you're doing. So it's a really until interesting way of of uh, yeah. yeah, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about sort of curating your product line with regards to responsibility. And, and Martin, I want to hear your take on this because starting a new brand, I'm sure there are like hundreds of products you could actually uh, produce. Mm. And and part of it is, is, from my understanding, is about really you need to minimize a little bit. You mm -hmm. need to make it a little mm. bit simpler for, for, for your customer. How, what's, your, what's been your approach? Uh, I think the less is more concept is what we need to look into because we were taught like, uh, you know, some most people have skincare routines and some have like 11 or 12 steps mm. that is not our skin is uh, self-regulative so you don't need to to to, to cleanse or, or use 12 steps you need to you know, minimize them because your skin will actually look the less you do the better your skin actually looks so instead of just you know stripping your skin and adding a lot of, of bad harmful ingredients then go back to what is the what is the natural way of treating your skin mm. so you can Add and you can support, but everything is about building the the, the skin barrier instead of of um, you know dis destroying. And and if you go back, everything that we were taught is actually <laughs> destroying the mm -hmm, skin barrier. Mm -hmm. The skin, you know, it's the pH level, it's the bacterial culture, it's everything on your skin. And then we are starting to get breakout and get red, and people are putting more and more foundations on, and it goes into this. It's like stop because you don't need all this shit. You need to behave in a nice, organic, and holistic way so your skin can breathe, and mm. you can add, you know, the ingredients that actually performs in your skin. Mm. Otherwise, you know, people who didn't use anything a full a full lifetime only oils, these old yoga women, they look like a billion when they're like 60 or 70, and you know, the the heavily, you know. Um, uses of makeup and, and, and yeah. uh, in general the, the skin you can see when they're 50 they're actually the skin is, is destroyed from all of these mm. routines mm. so I think we need to go back to say let's save in my environment money and in, in also for, for like in, in every sense then cut down on the yeah. on the range Jasmine talk a little bit about your sort of product curation strategy how you build your line and, and how this relates to responsibility so as a as a as a business person, the, you are constantly dealing with this <clears throat> contradictory situation where I absolutely agree with your philosophy and skinimalism is a huge trend and we are trying to promote internationally, you know, there's no need for the J or K beauty 10 to 15 steps. We are a little bit more functional and, and busy and, and more or less is more in Scandinavia. Yeah. But you know, we're not naive. We are businesses and there is a huge demand for newness. Yeah. The magazines don't want to write about the brand if you've had the same product for the last 10 years. You have to tell them something new. When you're at a fair like this, they ask, what's the new thing? What's the new launch? So we all have to deal with this. And, and that's where you also see brands suddenly branching out from making eye creams to candles. Because we need to launch something. I mean, this is, this is such a strange scenario, but that's the reality of it. Because you have to keep on growing. And I think our approach has been always thinking about not just launching another eye cream because the world doesn't need another eye cream. We only launch something if we see a need, unmet need in the market. And it could be a functionality that doesn't exist. It could be a type of formula that doesn't exist. When there's an unmet need, I can justify adding a new product to the line. Otherwise we say we only have one launch this year. Mm. And that's how we work. Mats, you've had 15 years experience of, of building your line, so to speak. Uh, yeah, uh, we've been, uh, at times uh, exaggerating that, but 
I must say that it depends a little bit on the uh, core values and the mm. philosophy that yeah. you have and wh how you see yourself as a brand. Mm. Because we are a lot about wellness, um, mm. uh, quality of life, holistic perspective, as much as skincare in mm. itself, because it's part of it. Because, I mean, if we, to your point, I mean, if we concentrate on having the necessary products with the highest quality possible that does the job well, then we don't need another one. Exactly. But to add quality to your life, and to add quality to the eight minutes alone you have every day in the shower, that's when you might need another one. Then maybe you need a candle. Absolutely. So just, just to put, in the, put yourself in the right mindset because happiness is about balance. Yeah. And we're also about balance as much as we are about professional skincare. Yeah. So the, and this is a tricky task, of course, as a brand because you want to cover it all. But it's basically what we need for ourselves. So if it makes sense to us, if it makes sense to our audience, mm -hmm. then I think it's defendable. Absolutely. But it's not defendable to do it just because of commercial reasons. There has to be a relevance in a need, in a use or something. And you need to connect it to the core values of your brand as well, because otherwise you're lost in your audience mind. Mm -hmm. So I think that, that that's where the core values come in and guide you and guide me maybe differently than we would guide your brand. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's make, it makes it becomes interesting. Right. Absolutely. As long as we sort of stick to our core values, I think we have, all have reasons for, for, for doing what we There's are doing. There's a consistency to what exactly, you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, also think, sorry, I also think because back in the old days, the consumer didn't know about the cosmetics. So what you could do was to do marketing. It was about a, a nice skin or a great model mm -hmm. and uh, you know an advertisement. You're like, that, I want to be that. Now people are starting to recognize uh, every single person has different, uh, you know, uh, dreams or problems or whatever. So us as producers now, we need to, we need to state much more what is our uh, values and wh where do we think, you know, we can make a difference. Is it on, on the self-care thing that because that's also a part. Is, is something about a, a great feeling or is it about a skin? problem or is it about a family uh, use it in the product so i think today we need to put so much more into uh, being super sharp about how we communicate and how we use our uh, pr and our marketing uh, because everybody's interested in finding the brand that they can hook up to before it was much more about going for somebody who 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 gave a nice picture because we didn't <laughs> know better because that was was the, the terms. Yeah. So I think the consumer now, they need to find their shelf and they need to find, you know, these guys are me and I'm over here or they, they kind of, they do something extra for me. Mm. Mm? We have limited time, but I want to get a chance to talk about uh, a, a small topic called packaging before we end. Uh, it's, uh, you know, let's face it, it's one of the biggest impacts that you guys have uh, uh, running your, your businesses. Um, Jasmine, you are launching some projects actually around new types of packaging, but, but maybe you can talk a little bit about the challenge of, of this because it is a huge challenge. Uh, yeah, so often people only talk about uh, res responsibility and packaging. That's, that's where they're sort of focused on. Mm. And, and there are luckily more and more packaging options now available that are also performing a proper function because some of the first generation of recycled plastics were horrible and there was a transfer of toxins from the recycled mm. plastic material into the creams. Now we're getting some amazing bioplastics. We're using sugarcane plastics in some of our products that are carbon negative. 
um, and also recycled, post-consumer recycled packaging, which can now look really cool. We are launching a green, gray bottle because that substrate will never be clear or white. And instead of fighting that and saying, we want to be a white skincare brand, we're just saying, well, let's make a green bottle because that's the substrate and that's the way the world is going to develop. But packaging is still important for the brand expression and we can't just, you know, cut corners when it comes to that. So it's a really big challenge, I think, for the beauty industry and packaging suppliers need to step up their game. Mm. We need more options. Mm. Yeah. Because I'm not a packaging manufacturer. I need someone to bring me better options. Please. <laughs> Mats, can you talk about your sourcing your, your packaging? Uh, what have been some of the challenges? Uh, yeah, but I think decision I, making? I agree on the on the challenges uh, here because it's it's not, uh, I mean, we look for uh, high-tech solutions and they're not really there because they're not really there in a scale that is adoptable for, for us as brands. But, uh, well, what do we do then? Well, short term, let's produce less packaging and let's focus on what, what's reachable in, 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 to, to make a short-term difference while waiting for the long-term development and be part of the long-term development as well. So I think it's a lot about uh, going into uh, refill systems, how we can work on that and how the refill packaging then can be made of paper instead of plastics mm. just to, to make a difference. And, and those developments are really super interesting at the moment, I think. So there are, if you pick out some, some corners of, of, of the packaging options that you have and try to deep dive into those, I think that's where we can make a quick difference because the difference needs to come now Absolutely. as much as in the future. And I think for us, the, 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 the original packaging maybe needs to be even longer lasting to be able to stay, uh, withstand yeah. the refilling process. Mm. So I think there are, there are different ways you could sort of address the, the topic. And, but uh, but, uh, but it's, it's the topic yeah. uh, compared to biotech and all the other stuff that we just talked about. Guys, we have to wrap it up. I'm very sorry. We have so much to talk about. I want to give you a chance to, let's end on an optimistic note. Each of you, can you describe something that you're really excited and optimistic about in, in the time to come, either for the industry or for your brand? Martin, you can start. I think for sure that it is that the customers are starting to to you know uh, demand something of us, and I think with the biotech now uh, and in, in general that uh, I see more and more brands are looking into this because the consumer are claiming it. So for us, it's uh, we have some high high notes to hit. Yeah, it's perfect. Jasmine, I think the most positive fact is that clean, sustainable beauty brands are the fastest growing segment of our industry. That in itself is an amazing achievement, thanks to brands especially like you who have started this movement and investor money is coming to this segment and I think we're going to be the future of beauty. Mats? I do agree on that. <laughs> and I think, I think it's, it's the way forward and I think what we're doing here today is, is, uh, is one of the signs that sort of points in that direction. I'm really happy about the, the new development we've seen in, in biotech and, and what's mm -hmm. been discussed here over, over the uh, past uh, day. Mm -hmm. And uh, for us, it brings us to the next level of how we can continue the journey the way we started it with biotech to go even higher and come when it comes to ambition level on products and what we're bringing now we're really super proud about that so i think yeah there's an exciting future and i think again brands like like the ones we see here today has it's the answer basically all right brands like us are the answer this has been beauty innovation talks from scandinavian mind we'll be back uh in 30 minutes with our last one but uh, a round of applause to martin jasmine and, and mats thanks guys thanks. 
All right, that was Jasmin Bonnen, Martin Linnen, Mass Johansson from our live talk at SIF Copenhagen International Fashion Fairs earlier this year. If you are interested in what's happening in the beauty space, don't forget to sign up for early access to our upcoming Insights newsletter. Visit scandinaviamind.com slash beautyinnovation. And of course, order your own copy of our new print issue. Issue 4 of Scandinavian Mind has now hit newsstands and you can order it through our website. Visit scandinaviamind.com. Till next week, goodbye.